The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for a place for veterans. And we start every show that is veteran-oriented with a silent prayer for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, our veterans and our active duty folks. And we've got on the line our host, Philip Forsberg, and we'll be going to Philip right after just a couple of things that we do. And we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for joining us in a moment to think about our veterans and to think about our first responders and all of those that work hard to keep us safe and sound. The other thing that we always do with the veterans show is that we get our military or in EMT show, first responder show. And that's that we always want to make sure the heart is pumping well and we do that with what we all, anybody that served, love these. Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. And we're left with... Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivated. 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 Rockstead. Rockstead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, man. Boy, do we have a place for veterans, and it's a needed place, as a matter of fact. But we're, we've been getting some great response. And uh, if you're a veteran and happen to suffer from PTSD or know another or have a friend that does, this is the show you need to listen to. We have Dr. Don Moeller, and he's the host of our show, and he's on the line right now. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. I would suggest that our listeners, if they have seat belts, go ahead and put them on right now because uh, we are definitely going to give you a total download on a lot of information. And not only that, I think this is going to be the week, if you're a listener, that you're going to want to go into the archives uh, because I'm going to give you a truckload of information based on what I said last week but this is going to apply directly to you. It's going to have to deal with your oral health and your PTSD nightmares. And I'm going to I'm going to give you some titles to some articles. I'm not going to give you all 50, but I'm not going to whip out and give you one or two. The next thing we're going to talk about is subthreshold PTSD, uh, and I'm going to lead off with that in a minute, Dave, uh, to 
this is a non-discussed topic, and it applies to a couple million veterans, I'm sure. Uh, and we're going to talk about, I'm calling that the Veterans Affairs Game Time with your PTSD rating. And sub-threshold is serious, and we're going to make mention some papers that will probably make your hair stand on end. And I'm just quoting scientific literature today. I'm going to kind of translate it for you, but uh, get your pen and paste, pencil uh, ready. Well, Dave, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Go for it. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, we've got one of the topics that we're going to talk about is uh, sub-threshold uh, PTSD. And sub-threshold PTSD is basically in the same league as is PTSD. The only difference of sub-threshold PTSD, uh, it's not, it is absolutely not something different. It is the same as PTSD. It's evaluated using the same metrics as PTSD, and it just uses a different quantitative uh, measure. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about this paper. It's in the Journal of Affective Disorders, 2018. The title is Physical Health Conditions Associated with Full and Subthreshold PTSD. So this is a this is right out of a paper, and I'm going to just tell you the results just to get you warmed up. Uh, a total 6.1% of the sample met screening criteria for full PTSD and 9% for subthreshold PTSD. This was in a group of 3,157 U.S. military veterans who participated in a 2011 National Health and Resilience Veteran Study. So these are our members in the National Guard. Here's what's going on. Analysis of PTSD symptom clusters revealed that all of these associations were primarily driven by dysphoric arousal symptoms, which are characterized by sleep difficulties, anger, irritability, and concentration problems. What is their conclusion? Results of this study provide a characterization of physical conditions associated with full and sub-threshold PTSD in U.S. military veterans. They highlight the, this, the potential importance of PTSD, uh, dysphoric arousal, and risk models of certain physical conditions. Now, what does that say? That says PTSD subthreshold category is a serious, a serious thing. You just don't ignore it. So that's, that's your source. Now, this may get boring, but I want to convince you two things before we're done today. I'm going to tell you about PTSD, subthreshold PTSD, and I'm also going to tell you about the oral health effects that PTSD. Now, that's where my primary research is. That's where uh, my specialty is as a dentist. And last week, I'm just going to review, we talked about the idea that the VA has no researchers who are dentists working on oral health. There are no dental researchers in the VA, except one who doesn't do bench research. So what I'm talking to you about now is something that's near and dear to my heart and going to be near and dear to your uh, disability rating. 
So here we go. Got to get my glasses on because I'm going to do a lot of reading. This is from the Journal of Psychiatric Research way back in 2022, and that's a joke. This is the latest stuff. Risk for PTSD symptom worsening during new PTSD treatment episode in a nationally representative sample of treatment. The article is Georgina Gross, again, out of the Journal of Psychiatric Research. Abstract. I'm going to read it. This is on sub-threshold. Previous research has examined risk factors associated with poor treatment outcomes for military veterans with PTSD. However, work, this is previous work, has not examined the risk for symptom worsening among veterans with sub-threshold PTSD. That means if you're in the Army or you're a retired veteran, fireman, whatever, and they say, oh, you may qualify as sub-threshold PTSD, but, of course, we don't give you a disability rating for that. Now I'm going back to the article. The aim of this study was to examine demographic, psychiatric, physical health, and pre-treatment PTSD symptom clusters associated with clinically significant worsening of PTSD among a nationally representative sample. Now, veterans with sub-threshold PTSD are who we're talking about. Now, I'm jumping down. Over one-third, 37% of veterans with sub-threshold PTSD experienced clinically significant symptom worsening from baseline to follow-up. Now, what, what is going on there? It's kind of like you walk into a, uh, a clinic and you have early pneumonia. Ah, we're not sure. Go home and see what happens. Well, they don't do that. You have to treat pneumonia very seriously. It's a tough call. But look at this in, in sub-threshold PTSD. What's, what's going on there? It is said, findings suggest that veterans with sub-threshold symptoms seeking treatment for PTSD are at risk for symptom worsening and highlight the importance of assessment, prevention, and treatment in targeting veterans with PTSD symptoms below the diagnostic threshold. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to go to a book called Moral Injury, written by Dr. Koenig, and I'm going to brief you guys on the symptom clusters, okay? You've got several symptom clusters. In group A, okay, you have several clusters. Now, this is what they're talking about. Criteria A is fulfilled when a person has been exposed to death, threatened death, actual or threatened serious injury, or actual or threatened, got to turn the page, sexual violence. This means a direct exposure or, or, an indirect exposure, okay? Indirect exposure is exposure to the horrific consequences of traumatic event in the course of professional duties. That's like nurses, medics, first responders, and graves registration. Now, what are these symptoms? Well, <laughs> these are considered intrusive nightmares and flash flashbacks, okay? And they've lasted longer in 30 days. Now, 
Criterion B, and we're going to be done with this in a minute. I'm just letting you know what you're being evaluated for. Criterion B, avoidance symptoms. Criterion C, emotional negativity and numbing. Criterion D, hyperarousable and irritability. And that was criterion E. Now, cluster B, we're going to talk about intrusive, unwanted, upsetting memories. Well, you can have subthreshold PTSD and have those. You can have flashbacks in the waking state or nightmares when you sleep, and they can be associated with panic, terror, dread, grief, or despair. We talked about those. What about these? You can have those with subthreshold PTSD. Condition C, this involves avoidance of memories, thoughts, or feelings. Well, this also avoids avoidance of external reminders of the traumatic event, activities, or places and people. Included here, behaviors designed to reduce the likelihood of exposure to such triggers. You can have those with subthreshold PTSD. Criterion D, those with PTSD may have difficulty recalling key aspects of the trauma, experience negative or pessimistic cognitions, usually maladaptive, often about oneself or the world, exaggerated blame of others. We talked about those guys and gals. So you've got notes from those. All the same things that you can have and those criteria you can have with subthreshold PTSD. In addition, you can have criterion E, hypervigilance, exaggerated startle response, as well as insomnia and problems in concentration. Now, what is all? What did I read that for? Simply to give you uh, the idea that subthreshold PTSD is the real deal. So, if you someone says, "Well, you don't have the symptoms for PTSD," they're exactly the same. They're only different in quantity, not quality. Okay. The next paper I'm going to read. There's seven. These are all information. It comes out of the journal Depression, Anxiety, 2018, November, written by David S. Fink. Sub, excuse me, subthreshold PTSD and PTSD in prospect of longitudinal cohort of military personnel. What are we? What are we going on here? Results: the annualized prevalence of subthreshold PTSD and probable PTSD was respectively. Now, remember, the first one was subthreshold, 11.9%, and and probable PTSD of 5%. They have a crossover, okay? Look at those percentages, 11.9. That's basically 12%. What's the conclusion? Subthreshold PTSD accounted for a substantial portion proportion of this population's future PTSD burden. What is a PTSD burden? It's kind of like your daughter, you gave the credit card to her, and she's out charging stuff that she never told you about. That's what you call a financial burden, okay? Well, PTSD burden is out there. This is the second or third article I've read on this and given to you. The next paper is the prevalence and clinical impairment of Subthreshold PTSD using it's called the DSM-5 criteria. This is in the Depression and Anxiety Journal, 2020, April. This is recent stuff. 
It was by Johanna Kim, K-I-M. Now listen to this. Now this is for our firefighters and first responders. Uh, and firefighters, and this is what's saying background, are at high risk for sub-threshold and full-threshold post-traumatic stress disorder due to their frequent exposure to various traumatic events. Ready for this? Moreover, there is currently no consensus regarding the definition of sub-threshold PTSD. This is a very nebulous concept. How many guys did they do? How many people? 45,698 firefighters. That's a huge study. And let's go down to the results section. The rate of full-threshold PTSD was 2.63%. Ready for this? Fasten your seatbelt. And the rate of sub-threshold PTSD ranged from 1.79 to 17.98%. The individuals with sub-threshold PTSD most commonly failed the D criteria, which included negative alterations in cognition. What's this telling you? That's why I went through and told you about the criteria. It's not like a winning lottery number on a ticket. You either have it or you don't. You are being evaluated for subthreshold PTSD on the same scale that you're being evaluated for PTSD. Conclusions. Subthreshold PTSD appears to be equal to or more frequent than full threshold PTSD, and this study was done in Korea. In Korean firefighters associated with various negative clinical outcome. So, if you think the fires in Korea are caused by flaming kimchi, which is excellent, I love it, uh, you can go ahead and disregard that article. But if you don't think the fires in Korea are significantly different than what applies to those firemen applies to us, we got a couple more articles to do. Dave, are, do you think our listeners are getting tired of this? Or you want me to keep going? Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, in many cases you're probably over our head. And uh, let me, I, as you were reading those articles and, and going through it and, and saying that threshold and PTSD are, you know, are the same, I guess I keep coming back to the the family as well. And I'm curious, besides the person that has PTSD, that knows they're not sleeping at night or knows that they're having nightmares or knows that, you know, just something ain't right, you know? What what should the families be looking for? And and how do they address it? Well, Dave, that's, that is an excellent, excellent question. Let's talk about the family's approach. The family will adapt as best they can to their member that has PTSD. It could be the mom if she's on active duty or had military sexual trauma or the dad. But they're going to try and adapt. But they're going to know, especially when the parent uh, comes back from the war zone, there's a big difference. There's a big difference in the leadership. There's a big difference in the anger, the big difference in the social connection and uh and, and thanks for being uh, offering a critique because see in a, you get off in in the geek world here here's what the let me translate you come back from the war zone and we'll say uncle tom uncle bob uncle harry they came back in world war ii they probably weren't even briefed that they might have ptsd they just that's the war 
Well, now your buddies come back, and certain guys were selected, said, hey, the doc says I got PTSD. Well, this little event that I'm going through right now, I'm letting you know, if you have the symptoms that we talked about, the nightmares, the headaches, the social behavior, the alerting, blah, 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 just because you have sub-threshold PTSD does not mean that you're not going to get worse. It's kind of like a melanoma, a psychological melanoma. You can ignore it and ignore it. it the melanoma doesn't care. It works 24-7, <laughs> 52 weeks a, a year, okay? And the paper I read on sub-threshold PTSD, I want to let you know, PTSD is not something that you take uh, a specimen of and put it under a microscope slide and go, hey, looky there, see, this is cancer or this is whatever, not cancer. PTSD is evaluated on a, on a large scoring, we'll call it a network of things. I will also tell you, and this figure is uh, incredible, there are 12,360 possible combinations that would equal a symptom count of six symptoms. Now, that that figure, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go over that one. But what it's saying is, somebody comes into in my office with a a mole that changed colors, and I do a biopsy. I send that off to uh, a pathologist or dermatologist pathologist, and it does not come down back with 12,360 possible things. It might be cancer high-grade, cancer low-grade, no cancer, dysplasia, these other words, okay? But it doesn't come back in such a nebulous category. And the reason I'm beating this to death right now is I want all our listeners to know you go, hey, I don't have PTSD or I have sub-threshold. Well, threshold is... I guess the English origin is the doorway, right? So if someone's either in your house or he's not, well, sub-threshold with PTSD, man, he's got two feet and one of his hands inside your house, and he's got five fingers still holding onto the doorframe. You, you, you need to look at it that way. The sub-threshold gives you this warm, fuzzy feeling, it's not me. I want to I let you know that if you have these symptoms and they're getting worse, you are moving into the full-blown PTSD. Dave, did that kind of improve that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, yes. Well, I appreciate you. you got to keep me on a short leash because I'll wander off. I have a hunting dog that does that. If he smells something interesting, uh, he wanders off. Uh, I'm going to make a statement on this one here. I'm just – this I'm reading uh, Journal Psychological Trauma 2016. It says – the sub-threshold PTSD groups compared with no PTSD groups, their, their, their psychological and behavioral parameters could be actually worse than the patients, in the, depending on which ones you look at, could be worse than the guys that get the rating for PTSD. And so that's kind of where I'm going, going with this, that you're not going to see somebody, let's say with a melanoma, uh, that's stage four and disseminated, that's not going to be worse than somebody that's just what we call dysplasia, which is barely a change, okay? So you go, hey, I'm safe. Well, PTSD is not that way. I'm going to read a 2020 article. I'm just going to summarize it. 
it is an open question as to whether some individuals with a subthreshold diagnosis are more impaired than some individuals with a full PTSD diagnosis. I mean, wait a minute. That's like if I got a biopsy back from melanoma that said, well, some people with this little non-dysplasia, you know, not a lot of changes, could be as bad as somebody with a full-blown melanoma. That never happens. But in PTSD, it is now open question as to whether some individuals with a sub-threshold diagnosis are more impaired than some individuals with a full PTSD diagnosis. I know, I've read it twice, I'm getting old, but I know that I did that. Now, when they run the sick symptoms and how bad they are in their charts, that's where we got the 12,360 possible combinations. So, they said in summary, there remains an overwhelming use of total scores as the main dimensional approach. Well, wait a minute. We just got through talking about those combination scores. By picking certain ones, okay, and this is, happens in research, individuals who endure several symptoms that have greater weight on dimensional severity, flashbacks and nightmares, but endorse fewer symptoms needed for a full diagnosis of PTSD may receive a subthreshold diagnosis. What am I saying here? Well, Let's say you're going to go buy a puppy. You're looking at him. Does he bite? Does he come from a good line? Is his coat going to shed? Does he have big paws? Is he going to grow into his paws? Does he Is he friendly? Okay. Well, what if I decide to uh, put a puppy in there and I'm just going to evaluate, on, evaluate him or a young dog on the length of his teeth and whether or not he barks? Oh, well, he's a mean dog. It's not doesn't mean that at all. And so I'm just telling our, our listeners, that you may be in that group uh, with subthreshold PTSD, and it's slowly getting worse. And I can also tell you the literature says that as you get older, especially of Vietnam veterans and Desert Storm veterans, your PTSD may increase. Okay, I'm gonna. There's another paper a, a general a Journal of Nervous Mental Disorders, 2020. Hello, no 2012. It talked about delayed onset of post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm just making sure that you guys know I'm not making this stuff up. And my question is, uh, why aren't soldiers debriefed on this when they retire out of the Army? Why, why Are you supposed to just be surprised when you freak out, you know, it's, it's somebody to cut you off in traffic or something? Okay. And my final one, I, I'm not going to do a Journal of Psychiatric Research. Findings suggest that veterans with subthreshold symptoms seeking treatment for PTSD are at risk for symptom worsening and highlight the importance of assessment, prevention, and treatment in targeting veterans with PTSD symptoms below the diagnostic threshold. So if you have a change in your skin, and I'm talking about melanoma now, that seems to not be right, go get it checked out. In PTSD, it seems to be, don't worry about if you start to see yourself having these symptoms of PTSD, well, and I'm making an analogy, do not think PTSD causes melanoma. Say it again. PTSD does not cause melanoma. I'm simply telling you, if you see a dark change, a regular border uh, in, a, in a lesion, and it's getting darker, have it checked out. And I'm also telling you in PTSD, 
I read you the symptoms in the clusters. You can get these online. If you say, wait a minute, Dr. Moore said I could be getting worse. That's right. It's a, PTSD is a dynamic thing. Firefighters, nurses, you know, first responders, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, you name it. If you see things getting worse, do not think that you keep the same diagnosis. Dave, do you need to go to break for a minute, or you want me to keep rolling? We can go to break, and uh, we'll just close our mics, and at that point, uh, we will... Uh, We'll just take a break right quick, okay? Okay. And uh, we uh, we will start this off uh, with our um, silent prayer that we do with every show, and uh, then we'll have a little bit of a cadence call. And uh, right now, we're just going to take a break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on a veteran's place with uh, Dr. Don Muller, and I wanted to make sure that everybody understands, too, Don, that uh, you're... You have your, you're a certified dentist, obviously, and, uh, uh, you've been a dentist since you came back from, uh, being a medic, and, uh, you went to dental school, and, and after that, you also went back to school and became an MD, a medical doctor. So, uh, you're, you're quite a story unto yourself, and, when you're talking about different things besides outside of the dental part of PTSD, you know what you're talking about because you are an MD as well. And uh, I just, I marvel at your credentials and your knowledge and your care about the veteran. 
And that's what uh, America's Web Radio is all about. We care about the veterans, and we don't want anybody to be suffering, if needlessly suffering, when there is hope and promise. And you have a uh, stint that uh, you developed that uh, if a veteran or first responder is suffering from PTSD and can't sleep at night, your stent, your mouthpiece, is 98% effective. And I just, I wish I could give one to everybody that suffers well, Dave, from PTSD. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I will tell you, uh, it, it's funny, we, we talked about the this program's content last week. Well, I wear a splint because I have PTSD. And I designed it. I did all the research on myself. Well, they usually last a good while. Well, I had one come apart on me, apparently during a, during the nightmare, whatever. It, it just wore out. And, uh, uh, it, it sheared. It, it's a long story. But at any rate, in my nightmare, this was three nights ago, because I've been nightmare free for years. Uh, I got shot in the guts by a guy right there in the in the nightmare. Yeah. I had a pretty pretty nasty nasty uh, sleep that night. So I woke up in the morning. and I said, "Why am I feeling so crappy?" And my little subconscious, "Kid, you got shot last night in the nightmare. You took a hit right in the guts." And I go, "Dog, God!" I said, "Well, I I had breakfast and I went to the office." And I made myself a brand new splint because my patients come first. I've probably made 300 splints since I made mine. But at any rate, uh, you know, the mechanics always have to beat up cars. Well, at any rate, I made a new splint and it's back in and I'm sleeping. And I also had a patient, a nice lady that was subject to military sexual trauma who, who went to a chiropractor for some reason last week. And the chiropractor said, I don't like those splints, and I don't know who makes them, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. She's she's a science person, so she took it out. She took that splint out, even though we've been working with her for eight months. And uh, she sent me an email and said, I was had an immediate nightmare. I was in the middle of a tornado. Was I was screaming at people to get out of the house. And it all hell broke loose. She goes, I'm going to give that chiropractor, I'm not saying all chiropractors, but this particular one, I'm just saying in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, I found out these splints are very effective. There's no downside to them. And I want to stress that let's say you have a general dentist. He can look that paper up in the International Journal of uh, Dentistry, International Dental Journal. You can look it up. It tells them how to make one. And, and this is, we don't sell these. These are not, this is not patentable because I've published it. But I want to, I want to make it perfectly clear that even if, let's say you had headaches and I'm not going to kill you with literature. I've got 60 articles and I can, and Dave, I'm glad you stopped me because geeks just get <laughs> off on this stuff. But my point is that let's say you go to your dentist and you say, Hey, I'm having headaches and nightmares, tension headaches and nightmares. Uh, can you make me one of these? All the dentist is going to do is tell you, here it is, let me know. 
And let's say you're one in ten that you call him back and said it had no effect on me. Okay? It had no effect on your nightmares or your headaches. That's fine. It didn't do any damage. But there's nine out of those ten that are going to use it and say it helped. Now, my question is, and I'm, and, and I'm nailing the VA right now, why don't you give these to veterans presenting with headaches? Over half a million veterans present for headache care to the VA. I wonder how many of these are associated with PTSD. I don't know. But all I'm saying to the director of dental services who was not interested in implementing this at all, I, I directly posed this to Dr. Michelle Hamilton and to the VA dental secretary, not the, I mean, the secretary, undersecretary for the, oh, no, no, they're not interested. Well, you can make these things for 10 bucks or 50 bucks. It's cheaper than an MRI. So you come in, you say, Doc, I'm a veteran. I got nightmares and headaches. Well, let's get a CAT scan and then an MRI and something else. That's a couple thousand dollars later. Why don't you send them to the freaking dental clinic and give them a splint as per, and if it helps, great. Guess what? The, the diagnosis is the therapy. Do you see what I'm saying, Dave? Sure. It just makes sense. I mean, it, anyone that's listening, I hope you're listening well and will take Dr. Moeller's advice. Get one made. Yeah, we, we don't, Dave, we got to stress, we're not selling anything here. We're just simply telling you if you put molar, M-O, you go to PubMed, that's all I need to know, P-U-B-M-E-D, one word, dot gov. Put molar, M-O-E-L-L-E-R, comma, D-R. That stands, those are my initials, that's not doctor. M-O-E-L-L-A. You'll get the articles. And they have the, the most important paper, the author, the main author, was Donald Giddon. He's a emeritus professor of the dental school at Harvard University. Donald Giddon is not going to put his name on trash. I guarantee you. Not an emeritus professor. So you'll see the name Giddon Donald. Okay? Download that article and print it. It's free. And take that to your dentist or a dentist that will do it. So that's we have no business interest in this. And this kind of leads in to the next topic on this program. Oral health, dentistry, and total health. And I'm going to use the word bait and switch, and I'm doing it on purpose. I'm going to uh, say that the VA has conveniently played a word game and said dentistry equals oral health. Dentistry does not equal oral health. It equals a subset of patients who have a dental part of oral health, as in the teeth. Now, I also gave the ex example last week. There are, there are plastic surgeons that go in the oral cavity and repair cleft palates. There are ear, nose, and throat surgeons that go in the mouth take out tumors, repair fractures, drain abscesses, dental abscesses, and to end fix fractures. They are not 
dentists, the oral health of an individual is not the responsibility entirely of the dentists. In fact, depending on a dentist's training, they have to get off that train at a certain certain state. And I will state without reservation that if someone needs uh, a jaw resected because of cancer, they're not going to have a dentist that that does this. Now, there are an extremely small number of oral surgeons who can do that, but that's not less than, it's less than 1%. So what am I saying? So when the VA has convinced you that your oral health is all a, all a dental thing, it's all it has to be delivered by a dentist, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong, and it should have never had that thing. And I also recommend that you go to the VA dentistry website, and it will show you right there. It says we provide our mission is to provide oral health care. Note oral health care as part of total health. Right there is an admission. Dentists don't do total health. Where is that boundary between dentistry, drill and fill, and scraping the teeth, and total health? That boundary enters the area of medicine. And we and you need to tell your congressman the dentists are not going to draw that boundary. That's that turf belongs to physicians because the VA now is using that as a method to deprive two million veterans right now of let's just talk about the splint that I make. It's called a splint, it's a mouth guard kind of thing. Well the VA you know what, Dave? There is a consistency in my rambling. Subthreshold PTSD. You've got it. Let's say you go in, and the VA goes, "You don't have any uh, eligibility disability rating. You don't have it." But you're grinding your teeth. You have nightmares and headaches. Let me tell you, you didn't get that. You didn't have it before you deployed to the war zone. You didn't have that before you had mil- were attacked for military sexual trauma. Now the VA is trying to say, well, you know, we, you know, you're not eligible for dental care. I said, maybe that's true. But Dr. Moeller's redefining oral health care as you are allowed to have a mouth guard. You are allowed to have treat, other treatment for gingival health and whatever. Gum health, I'm not going to get into technical stuff. But that comes under oral health. So you take that, that little, uh, thing I downloaded. I downloaded that screen and how I had it turned into an actual poster. But here's something that, and you have to listen very carefully what I'm saying. We have several million people that snuck in across our lower border. Okay. They're getting in line for benefits. Hey, they're human beings. We're not going there on this. When they get medical care, no one got arrested. If If one of those people come across the border, God bless their hearts. You know, they're humans too. They don't get arrested if they try and get medical care at a hospital. Now, Dave, I want your comment on this. If you're a veteran and you have subthreshold PTSD and you go to the VA and say, I want care, oral health care, for the problem that you, the U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard caused, they say, if you don't leave, you'll get arrested. Dave, is that true or not? That's true. And, uh... You know, it's like everything else, Don. Education. You went the extra mile in education 
you went the extra two or three or four extra miles in education. But the VA, just like you pointed out earlier, they don't have research, and yet it's all available, but they don't take the time to read it and know what oral health care is and how it relates directly, not indirectly, but directly to overall health. And this is something that the veterans are, that listen to the show are going to have to take to their VA and their doctors at the VA and, and ask for oral health. Right. And I think, Dave, that you can say you heard it here at America's Web Radio, and here's why. They're going to say you're not entitled to dental care. But tell you what, I'll give them that point just to get the conversation ball rolling. But you say your your paper here says that I'm entitled to oral health care. And it says that. And it says I'm entitled to oral health care, and you're proud of it because it's part of whole health care. Well, I'm telling you, the VA is tasked by Congress to provide total health care for our veterans. Now, in this particular case, if they want to say, you can't have a brand-new-looking fancy front crown because your girlfriend says you're ugly, you're not going to get that. But when you say, I have PTSD and I have oral health issues with it, I demand that I get something for it. Now, you know what you get if you're in the Israeli army? And there's a, a, a recent paper published in 2022. You get, they have a special little, we'll call it a package, that they give their soldiers PTSD. And that's, you get a mouth thing. It's not designed like mine. It doesn't matter. It prevents, see, the least the dental dentist can do is make you something that keeps you from fracturing your teeth. Okay. That's the least they can do. I would recommend that you make something that stops your your dentally caused headaches and nightmares. I don't care what the psychologists say. They're living in their own world. Read the literature on behavioral therapy, counseling for getting rid of nightmares. It's not too good. Okay? So I am saying now, as an oral and maxillofacial surgeon, I am making the statement that if you wear a splint, that is reported in the journal, International Dental Journal, you have a 90, 80 to 90% chance of increasing the inten- decreasing the intensity, duration, and frequency of your nightmares and sleep awakenings. That is a dental-caused headache. That's the end of that discussion. I don't care what the psychologists think of it. I don't care what the psychiatrists think of it. A dentist says there's a high correlation when you wear this mouthpiece, your nightmares can be significantly reduced, more significantly than with psychological counseling or some other stuff on the market. Now, I am making that statement, and I made it in the, in the journals. So does that come through, Lima Charlie? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking you left uh, out the chiropractor that said it doesn't work. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Until you've been there and done that, um, you know, and, and I expect one of these days that this is going to be throwing 
a rock in a calm lake. The ripple effect across the world, not just across the lake or across our country, but across the world to the effectiveness of Dr. Moeller's device will be known around the world and will be accepted. Yes, and and the articles that I'm quoting were not done by the VA. The articles that I'm quoting that I did today on the subthreshold PTSD were done by researchers, and that's why I quoted, quoted the Korean firefighters. There's some in there and from the Philippines. There's some in there from Germany. There's also a lot of work, and, and we'll do this next week. We're going to talk about oral health papers. Remember, I've got 30, pa- 30 papers on each of these topics. That's like almost 100 papers that I can quote. Published research that the Veterans Affairs doesn't want to know about. This is not done in, 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 in the dark in a corner. This is done in broad daylight. They refuse to accept this. And so I want to thank all our researchers uh, who, throughout the world, who are carrying the banner for this because the Veterans Affairs, the people that were tasked to take care of PTSD and veterans, aren't doing it. How can you do research in oral health and I'm talking about splints that stop nightmares and headaches. That's one of the symptoms of a general systemic disorder. It affects your whole body. Who, who's responsible for that? The dentists? No, not the VA dentists. They do their part. But they're not going to tell the physicians throughout the world who is going to handle this problem. And when you have a system, how can it be? that the Veterans Affairs, when I told them I would come and do this for no charge, no. Who, when I told them we need to talk about this, I've done the research, and I told them about these papers, they slammed the door in my face. The secretary of the VA refuses to talk to me about it. That's a fact. The dental person, undersecretary, refuses to acknowledge this. What are they doing in our system, honestly? And, and, I, and I'm glad I kind of maybe bored some of our listeners, because Geek Man here, I can go on. I can take the rest of the day reading these papers. No, these are just abstracts from these papers, okay, proving my point. I haven't picked one article in, in some obscure journal. These are major journals. The VA has been doing this for decades, not weeks, days, or months, decades, Since Vietnam, they've known this problem was horrendous. They refuse to do anything to support the idea of oral health affecting PTSD. And that's, I really want to drive that point home. That's the point of this tirade, is that this information, why would they kick me to the curb when I'm trying to help 2 million veterans? That's insane. They need to explain that in a public forum. And they need, you need to hold them to the fact that oral health is not just dentistry. Oral health involves your jaws. You know, a physical therapist can use techniques to help your TMJ, the temporal mandibular joint, okay, the jaw joint, and your muscles. They never went to dental school. Why are they not on the research team? Why does the research team for nightmares exclude all dentists? I personally tried to sign up for polytrauma 
fellowship and said, look, these are my published papers. No dice, no dentists on this team. I said, well, I'm a physician. We don't care. That's the response I've been getting, have gotten, and it's in writing. So I'm trying to help the veterans, and all I'm getting from the VA is uh, stonewalling. And and uh, and I'm gonna. I don't know how much time we have left. I want to tell you there's several articles, several that say lack of sleep, nightmares, have a higher association with suicidality in our veterans. Those are facts. And also, my final one of my final points is: do not let anybody tell you that PTSD combat PTSD is the same as civilian PTSD. Period. It is not. And when we're talking about the policemen and firemen that go out on a daily basis, that's more similar to combat PTSD because that's daily getting out there and putting your life on the line. So anyway, I uh, don't know how much time we have, Dave. Well, we're going to have to close it out, as a matter of fact. And uh, as always, Don, I appreciate what you're doing. You're not getting the credit for what you're doing like you should, but one of these days you will. It it may be in uh, one of those uh, journals written 100 years from now, but uh, you'll get the credit for that. St. Peter will bring it to me. I'll be sitting there by the Crystal Lake. And he'll say, hey, here's, here's an article. But, you know, this the, we, we care about veterans. That's why we do the show. That's why we do the show remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, because people need to know what's out there. And we're trying to educate the military, the veterans, the first responders, that there is something that will help you. And, you know, it may be that... um, down the road, we find another device that helps not only PTSD, but also helps uh, problems that veterans have that we are not even addressing. And all we care about is helping the veterans. And want to thank you, as always, for the show today. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Dr. Don Moeller and... Uh, his topic, and we'll be addressing a different issue with PTSD, I'm sure. But, uh, Don, you're doing a marvelous job and a wonderful job. And there are people that are listening and looking, and it will come to pass that you will help millions in the future. Well, with God's help, we will, Dave. Absolutely. And, you know, next week I'm going to mention oral health and PTSD and looking at biblical characters that had PTSD and how they got a better understanding of who they were. So it's not all bad with PTSD. Well, you're listening to America's Web Radio and a veteran's place, and every veteran has a place at America's Web Radio. And if you need help, don't hesitate to give us a call Send us an email, gm at America's Web Radio. If you have a dot com, if you have a question for Dr. Moeller, you can send it to, again, gm at America's Web Radio dot com, and we'll see that Dr. Moeller gets it. And, you know, anybody can go online and check out Dr. Don Moeller. And spell your name one more time for them so they'll get it right. Maybe they have a pen and paper ready this time, Don. M O E 
L-L-E-R, and my initials are D-R, just like doctor. Check out the articles. Check out on your PubMed. Look up PTSD and oral health. Look up PTSD and temporal mandibular joint, TMD disorder. Look up. See, another thing, Dave, is major depression goes along with PTSD in 40% of the cases. Don, we got to go. Now. Okay. All right. Bye. So we will talk to Dr. Don Moeller next week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.